Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. All right, welcome to the Cobra Castle, the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and welcome, Etdog. I'm going to ask you because I feel like I need to. I do it every week. How are you today, mate? Mate, I'm feeling like absolute shit. I don't have the COVID, so don't worry. It's just a cold. But, mate, I'll tell you what. Kids are back at school for a couple of weeks and already bringing them germs. So, not that's happy. What, that's what the uh, night shift hotel manager said as well, mate. Oh, it's just a bit of a cold, no COVID. <laughs> but, no, nah, mate, uh, I hope you get better soon, mate, because you've got a big weekend this coming weekend. Well, the weekend, this coming weekend as we record. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be right. I'll just keep keep taking the cold and flu, and she'll be right. Yeah, mate. But uh, we did speak ages ago that it wouldn't take long before the boys were back at school and uh, they were bringing you know the sickness home with them. Yeah, mate. It's uh, if if like I could only be fucked actually homeschooling them, I'd probably just pull them out and homeschool them. But I had a taste of that for six months, and I was glad to see them go back to school. For- <laughs> That's a fair point. Mate, mate, did you notice anything different about me tonight? Uh, well, is the beard a bit <laughs> trimmed up, mate? Oh, mate it's a little bit shorter. COVID has finally fucking disappeared. You can now go get your fucking beard trimmed at Barber's. I was in there at bloody 12 o'clock yesterday getting to tidy it up. Unfortunately, it had been uh, that long since it had been tended to that it was, wasn't savable. He'd <laughs> he done the best he could, but he took a little bit more off it than I would have liked. But unfortunately, because I see him... Hadn't been tended to and since probably May. It was it was out of control, but yeah, it's nice to actually get on here and not have to have the buff underneath to make sure you can't see the your dew girls coming out. Yeah, mate. Uh, mine's looking pretty raggedy. You probably can't really tell with the black on black shirt here, but mate, I even got the long hair going on underneath here. Yeah. Just trying to keep that out of the ice at the moment, but you've had that going for a while, mate. Yeah. yeah, well, I think my last haircut was, uh, well, I think before Jew's wedding. So, um, Jesus. Yeah, we pretty much went into lockdown not long after that. So, yeah, that was middle of Feb, I think, was the last haircut. Bloody hell, mate. Well, my last haircut was this morning. Your... Every morning or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every morning. At absolute worst, every second morning. Yeah, mate. Where are we off to tonight? We're off a new country. Yeah, mate. Well, it's a uh, you know place that we haven't hadn't made it across to yet, but it's funny because it's probably the one of the closest places to us, and that's New Zealand. So, uh, who'd have thought that there was 
not only in one competition, but there's a couple of comps going over in New Zealand and it's it's thriving over there. They're doing um so we're talking to Joe from uh, University Cougars. Yeah, uh based in Christchurch. Yeah, based out of the Christchurch League up there. So it is it's quite funny. The the, the country that was closest to us with the easiest time zone difference was is has been the country we've had the most difficult trying to organise what trying to organise times with. It's yeah, it's the way it rolls, mate. I think. Uh, I think it's because they're ahead of us. I reckon. I think it's because they're a couple of hours ahead of us. You know, when we're ready to record, they're going to bed, or you know, we're ready to record during the afternoon. Their dinner time. So that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, but mate, we got it done finally. We got on to him, and uh, yeah, it was a good chat. We spoke all about the footy getting played over there, and he's even, you know, spoke about his time getting to put on the the jumper for New Zealand and things like that. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great chat, learning a bit about footy over there. Yeah, it's good. And we, we delve into um, a little bit of the main competition that they have at the start of the year. So, and as you mentioned, like, the footy across there is getting played and that, they're sort of lucky that their uh, sort of domestic seasons are sort of start in the June, May to June time. They, because of COVID, sort of got knocked on the head quite quickly across their early days. They were only got pushed back by about, I think, a month or so. But yeah, there's, you know, there's four leagues going across there, and then they come together for a draft and play a proper full New Zealand league. So it's a pretty interesting chat to, yeah. uh, over there, and I'm actually quite glad we finally got across the ditch. Yeah, mate, I, I'd, I'd love to get across there to see some of this footy action and be good. But who knows when they're going to let us Aussies over there? But mate, um, let's get into it. Let's chat with Joe from the University Cougars, and we'll see you Wednesday with. Uh, the Tyne Tees Tigers. All right, today we'd like to welcome Joe all the way from, well, all the way just across the pond over in New Zealand. Uh, he's from the University Cougars in Christchurch. Welcome to the show, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice mate, to be here. Our, our pleasure. Our pleasure for, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I'll tell you what, I've been seeing a lot of the, the, scores and stuff for footy going on in New Zealand and um I've been pretty pretty bloody jealous to be honest that there's some footy getting played over there uh recently which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's nice to have the boys out running around and uh, kicking a footy again. She was a uh, touch and go whether we'd have any footy at all. So good to have finally have a season underway. Yeah, very nice, but yeah, well before we get into all about the club, let's learn about yourself a bit and how did you come across Aussie Rules over in Christchurch? So I was uh, down in Christchurch just studying at university and went into the gym and one of the boys was kicking an Oz kick ball around. And having lived in Aussie for a little bit as a kid for a year and a half, I sort of clicked to what he, what he had and just said, oh, I'll have a kick with you because he was just kicking to himself in an empty gym. And next thing I knew on Saturday, I was down playing footy for the Cougars for the first game of the year. So it's um, slim pickings back then. We were lucky to scrape together 18 guys, um, but we got out and had a bit of fun. It was probably the main thing for us, and it grew from there for me. Um, so, yeah, really, really different way to get into it. Didn't find, didn't even know they played it here in New Zealand would probably be the thing back then, and that's the comment we get a lot. Yeah, well, it's it's probably not the uh, first sport you think of when you think of uh, New Zealand, but um, when they're such a do- dominant rugby country, um, it, it's good that the Aussie game and the, the better version of football has been able to, creep over there 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we used to try and fit it in on a Sunday. So you'd play rugby on a Saturday and then footy on a Sunday. And um, eventually the uh, league saw the saw some light and decided to move us to uh, a sort of in-between. So we sort of cross over it a little bit between the end of rugby season and a little bit of cricket. Um, this year, there's a lot of overlap, obviously, just because of scenarios out of our control. But um, it definitely made it better. We seemed, Numbers seemed to grow when we could play that Saturday in-between. Um, guys could stay fit was probably what they looked at more than anything. Yeah, very nice. So how, how long have you played for now and, and what position do you play? So I played 19 years on and off, barring a few um, three shoulder reconstructions and a dodgy knee. But um, you know, I got through it all and I played most of my time in the forward line. Um, and then for my last season, when they realised I was getting too old and slow, I managed to play a season at fullback, um, which was a little bit different. Um, you know, pretty much the same thing, but you just don't catch the ball, you punch it, is basically what I got told. <laughs> so, yeah, then, I mean, through that time, I've played many other positions as well. So, but I was definitely more a forward than uh, anything else. They're not going to have a cheap shot you rifty? No, no mate. Yeah, okay. You're know. <laughs> getting a bit more mellow the more episodes we go on, mate. Uh, yeah, he played most of his time up forward, mate. So, he, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I was waiting for you to be like, see, mate, anyone can go from full forward to full back. It's not that hard. Or... Yeah, well, it's not, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you wear a certain number or just whatever you're given? Um, I wear number 10. Um, yeah, it's a family number. So, long story, but my grandfather trained a racehorse back in the 1940s that won the New Zealand Cup wearing number 10. And ever since, it's been the number I've worn. So I've worn it for the Cougars, for Canterbury and representative footy and New Zealand under 21 level as well. Um, so, yeah, once I got it at the New Zealand level, that was the number forever. So I think every Cougars number 10 jersey is in the drawer next to me. No one else will ever own one. I like that. I, I do love when someone's got a, a story, and that's one of the more unique ones actually I've ever heard in my Mate, life that's, about that one. That's a cracking reason why you got number 10. That's... Um, yeah, most blokes it's because it's their favorite player or whoever. That's to have it to have it go back to all the way to 1940s. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I never wore it at rugby because I wasn't good enough to be a first five, so <laughs> couldn't really take it over from there. That's understandable. So, who do you follow in the AFL? I'm a I'm a Brisbane Lions man. Um, grew up or well, spent a year and a half of uh, sort of was 11, 12 years old on the Gold Coast before um, the Suns came into the comp a long time ago. So the Lions were the team. And probably what cemented it was when I went over with New Zealand under-21s to Brisbane, um, the Lions had just won their second title and they hosted us through their grand final parade. We got to hold the trophy, go to the gather, a whole heap of cool things like that. So ever since then, I've definitely been a Lions man. Oh, that's that's another good story on why he goes for the Lions, gets to hold <laughs> the cup and everything. He's bloody yeah. living, living dreams, mate. Well, we had a, our coach was from West Australia and he had, what is it, 35 years he'd been involved in footy and never touched a premiership trophy until he travelled with a New Zealand under-21s team. No, that's, so. that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, so you mentioned the New Zealand under-21s team. So you obviously were selected for that. Who did you guys play when you come across here? For so we, we played a South, uh, South Queensland under-18 site who absolutely pumped us. Um, you know, guys that have been kicking a footy since they're four years old, three years old. Um, so... Had to get out of that rugby mentality, but it was it was good fun and it was a massive learning experience. Probably the biggest thing for me, um, you know, I, I wanted to go on and have higher representative honours, but um, a couple of injuries and met my wife and things, and sort of footy became a second string for me to family. But 
you know, we've had guys go and play in the International Cup and things in Melbourne um, and done really well over there. So it's just, yeah, it was a great experience. So even though, as I say, we got absolutely pumped. I, I would take getting pumped to be able to say I represented my country at under-21 level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it, right? It was cool to pull on. Um, well, we, we had the gold fern on our jerseys then for our, our footy club, but that's changed back to a silver fern now, thankfully. And hey, mate, this is something you, you don't know about me, a dog, but I actually played a game for New Zealand. Yeah, American football, though, so gridiron oh, as, is, as a junior. so many layers. Mate, so I've represented New Zealand as a junior. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, the New Zealand team came over to play our Aussie boys. They were short in numbers, weren't they? <laughs> they were short in numbers. And so they asked, you know, me and my brother, we just missed out on spots in the Aussie squad. So they said, oh, can you come play and play for the New Zealand team? So, yeah, me and my brother did. We went down there. We watched them warming up, watching, doing all these. And we go, mate, these guys are going to get smashed. And then first play, God breaks it off, touchdown. I'm like, shit, these guys are freaking fast. So, yeah, I end up winning with the New Zealand team against the Aussie boys. It was so uh, pretty good. Does that give you dual citizenship now that you played a game for New Zealand? Mate, I should. should qualify. Yeah. I mean, I've got an interception as well, so. I did my part as well. What, what, <laughs> Sorry to brag a bit. Awesome. As we this, I've known the other week. I've known you for ten years of my life. We've been. I think I've sat in front of a computer screen with you more than I've seen my wife this year. But ninety <laughs> episodes. Yeah, this has been episode ninety four, and you, I'm still learning shit about you. Yeah, mate. I'm like an onion. You got to peel back the layers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Jesus Christ, who, who's, who's your favorite player of all time? And I'm guessing it's going to be Vossi. Come on. Nah, it's Browno, Jonathan Brown. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's, I'll, I'll let that slide. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, one bloody courageous man. Um, Absolutely. And, mate, you could have taken a lucky dip out of the whole bloody Brisbane team throughout those years. They were dominating anyway. There's plenty of superstars. Yeah, it was a great time to be a fan. Um, but, and they're coming. They're back on the rise. They did all right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a good year. Thoughts on uh, Joe Donahue? Um, pretty stoked to pick him up to give him another target up front. I guess as a club, they've um, they lacked that massive key forward in the last couple of years. So they had some good young guys, but a bit of experience will be good for them. Yeah, I'm hoping as an Essendon supporter, I was I was understanding why he left, the way Essendon supporters spoke about him, and the way the it seemed the medical staff weren't doing a good job. I hope he goes up there and absolutely dominates and actually gets to, gets to fulfil his potential with a good career and medical treatment. Everything works out for him up there. Absolutely. Just another target to drop marks for, for Charlie Cameron to crumb off and kick goals off his drops. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Love um, it. All right. So when was uh, the Cougars team first founded and why did they choose the Cougars? So founded in 2000. So we're actually celebrating our 20th year because there was one year we were out of the comp. Um, the club protested for some unknown reason. Not back then, I was just a player and didn't didn't quite know what was going on. So, but um, yeah. So 20 years now we've been around. Um, not sure where the name came from. From my understanding, is a few of the boys are on the beers at the pub, and just googled football team names, and the University Cougars came up, and they grabbed a logo off the internet from some American university and that sort of stuck. And that was our logo for the first probably 10 years, just about. So yeah, not, not too much of a story behind it apart from the boys were just coming up with a name. I do like the name of Cougars. I think it's uh, 
but I think it's the first Cougars we've had on. I think yeah. I know another one we've or two had, clubs. We've had Panthers, we've had you know other cats, lions, whatnot, but Cougars but, is a good one. But so we've had the very similar story. A lot of a lot of clubs all around Europe they have that very similar story. A few boys at the pub throwing names around. It's it's an age old tale now. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same sort of start story with our team song. The boys, um, the story goes, it was written on a napkin in the toilets at some club at two o'clock in the morning. They just decided to come up with it. And uh, that was on a Saturday night to play footy on the Sunday. And uh, the name, the song stuck. We still sing it to this day. Yeah, I love it. I love when clubs have got you know stories like that. So I'm going to guess that's where the colours come from as well. It's just the colours of that logo that they had or the colours are different story. Uh, so just based on Canterbury University, so the rugby clubs, maroon and gold as well. Um, so we just sort of stuck with the same theme right through. So all the sports clubs that were involved with the uni back then were all the same colour. Right, I like that. We've spoken, we've got a couple of clubs that, you know, we use the same thing, local, uh, like professional yeah. teams. They'll keep the colours throughout. So as you mentioned before, you've got pretty much every, uh, every number 10 jumper that the Cougars have made. You've had some several different yep. designs throughout the 20 years. I do like your latest design. What's the story behind that one, your latest jumper? Um, so the latest jumper, we sort of sat down and decided we needed to rework the logo. Um, being 20 years, we wanted something a bit different. Um, and as a team, we just we went through about probably 30 or 40 different designs. One of the guys had seen them through on Facebook. Um, we'd edit them and play around with them. And this one just sort of stuck out to the committee that this is what we wanted to go with. Um, no real rhyme or reason. It's kind of got that traditional AFL look with the uh, with the bars on it. And then we've got the new big logo, the Cougar on the side, which sort of carries through from the previous design we had as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Project all your jumpers that you've done. And I do enjoy when clubs you know, try and make their jumpers new and refreshed. And uh, I'm sure that's what you're looking at now, Rifty, but it's yeah, going to be up there for the uh, next round of best jump in the world. Yeah, so a, lot of, a lot of lee side about it too, I reckon. Yeah, which one's the latest one? That's that's what I'm trying uh, to work It will be, I'll try to find it. Hold on, is it with a white, white round? How about, I just, how about I just hold it up to you? Oh, there we go. So that's the latest one. That's the latest one. There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, nice. so I would yeah. say that they're, they're other, they're, they're older one has got a lot of lee side lines about it. The new one doesn't. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you really need to get a second screen up again, mate. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but no, I do quite like the uh, the jumper, and I do like yeah the fact that you got the big the big cougar on it and all that type of stuff. Um, but anyway, you you may know, you may know yeah you may know this you may know who was the club's first game against and how did they go? So from memory, our first game was against the Eastern Blues, who have sort of been our rival for the first sort of five or six years, um, and. My understanding, I wasn't. That was the one season I haven't been with the club. Um, they got beaten pretty convincingly, but it set them up with a bit of uh, rivalry, which has carried on to this day. Um, we recently played them again in our 20th anniversary celebration day and uh, beat them by one point. So it was always a nice, nice fourth quarter comeback for the boys. And yeah, so good to see a rivalry that's lasted 20 years because we've had some clubs come and go. Yeah, and yeah, it's always good to have a good rivalry going. Um... And, you know, you've got to have some good players keep coming through to make sure those rivalries stay strong. But how hard is it to to maintain player numbers and how do you go about recruiting? 
Um, so I suppose when I came back into the club, I had a couple of years off and came back five years ago now. And uh, we struggled to put 14 guys on the field to have an official team, um, which was a little bit of uh, a little bit disappointing from a long time member. Um, so we went out and recruited hard through Facebook, through friends. We just got guys, bring your mates down, let them have a kick, see if they enjoy it. Um, as that grew now, we um, recruit mainly solely through Facebook and word of mouth still. Um, that's the way of the world these days. Um, one day we'll get up and running and get our Instagram page going again as well. Um, but for us, it, it's a very, um, I suppose for us now, we're pretty settled in the way we recruit and the players we get. Um, sometimes you get guys jump across clubs as well. Um, we've had that happen in the past, which is always nice to even out the competition and things like that. But yeah, for now we're really good. Back in the day when we were fully university integrated, it was really hard because you'd go through you know, a four-year cycle. Guys had started in their first year of uni. By the time they finished in the fourth year, they'd graduate and go off to another part of the country um, and you'd sort of roll through. So every fourth year, the club would be really competitive and really strong, and then you'd start again, um, which was always always hard. Yeah, so I always find it... Uh, I like to ask this question with clubs that are in a sort of predominantly rugby places um do you find that you sort of can attract guys that are a bit more suited to the afl style and not quite up to the the sort of crash and bash continual crash and bash of uh, the rugby style game yeah definitely um a lot of guys that are good rugby players that play at a senior level will still come along and play um they're not quite going to make their next step to provincial or anything like that representative level rugby um they come in especially as they get a bit older they enjoy to come have a kick around um, you know, but the game here, I think the game here is a little bit more physical. Um, guys love to go for that big hit, that big hip and shoulder or anything like that because they know they can get away with it, um, whereas you can't do it in rugby. Yeah. So the stuff they wish they could do in rugby, they get to do in Aussie rules. I like it. Absolutely. It'd be like when we had the, uh, the Tongan boys, Samoan boys down at the club. Yeah, yeah. We had a few, few. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, a couple Tongan, a couple Samoan boys and, uh, you know, couple of them big solid rugby sort of players and yeah they, they were having a ball out there it was one of the funnest games i've been a part of <laughs> the best part was when the guy got the clearance and went the wrong way uh, that was oh, pretty brilliant <laughs> um but whereabouts do you get to train and play your games so at the moment we train in the center of christchurch uh north hagley park and carlton corner as they call it here um we've got a nice field set up there thanks to the christchurch council um We've moved around a fair bit, but it's settled there the last couple of years. Um, so it's good to have a full-size field to play on as well. Um, they get all the measurements they can and make it full-size. So we play play there every Saturday right up through now until December. Um, so the ground will be rock hard by the time we play our grand final. Um, normally we'd be finishing about now. Um, so my Facebook memories tell me it was grand final time this time the last three years. But uh, yeah, and it's... It's really central. It's really good. We've started to get a lot more pickup from people walking past as well, whereas we didn't get that at previous locations. Um, yeah, so, and the guys have also trained thanks to one of the local rugby clubs out in uh, sort of the east side of town as well. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. You've got a you know, full-size ground to use. Now, you've touched on it a few times with um, COVID and the fact that your season got pushed back. At what part, obviously, as Rifty mentioned before, you know, we've season was completely cold off and we're still... Yeah. You know, in quite heavy restrictions, 
did you guys ever get worried that you weren't going to get a season or were you know, it, was, it was always open to push the season back sort of as long as you needed to, to actually get a season in? I know that New Zealand has a bit of a different season. You've got like your Christchurch League, your Auckland League, and then I think at the start of the year, you've got more of a representative league, if I'm correct. Yeah, so start of the year, they have what they call the premiership where they draft players from all over the country to four sides. They all travel to Auckland and play, I think it's a 10-week season. Um, which is really good for those guys that are at that level to get that competition. Um, for us, though, we were always planning to have a season. It was always in the back of our minds to let's push it to where we can. Um, we know that cricket's going to affect some clubs and some guys will drop off. Um, and we were just had to work through it and make make plans to make sure that the, we could play some footy. Um, you know, as soon as we went to level one, it was we're going to play footy. Definitely. Um, we're just going to make it happen. Yeah, I, I... As I said, we haven't spoke to anybody else from the uh, the Canterbury Aussie Football League. So, how does your season work? I know, I know, there's only four clubs in it. How many, you know, how many round season do you guys have? So, we we play nine rounds. So, you play each team three times. Um, so, you know, it can get a little bit repetitive, but those rivalries always uh, keep it going. I know we've got our one with the Blues, and we've also got one with the other Christchurch club, the Bulldogs, um, where we play for a Shield, best of three. Um, and celebration for us this year, the first time in 13 years the Shield's been around that we've won it. Um, so it was a good thing for the club this year um, to beat our little brothers because they actually formed as part of our club. So they we had 60 registered players one year um, and they decided to split away and go and create a fourth team for the league, which was awesome. Um, so, yeah, so nine weeks. And then we have normally second and third will play off um, to play whoever won the minor premiership in the final. Yeah, that's awesome. The fact that, you know, as you say, like it does get repetitive, but you've got things in place that makes it interesting. You know, yeah, the Shield. So, you know, all them three games, even your bottom of the ladder going to the last game, you're playing them. And it's, you know, yeah. say it's 1 1. That game actually means something. So that's great. And I think also the fact that only having a nine game season would have made the fact that you said you got to level one, bang, you're playing because you only know you need only nine, yeah, only need nine weeks. So that sort of would have made life a lot easier. We're over here. How many times, Rift, did you reckon you edited me at going on a. Yeah. Get oh, angry. First fifty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> For a long time, it was uh, there was talk that we may only get a nine-game season, and everyone's kicking up a stink about it. And I'm sitting there going, "That's what the rest of the world get." It's uh, yeah. I used to go on a, f- a few rants about it, and Rifty used to sort of. I used to, have to say to him, "Rifty, edit this out. Can you please, mate?" Just before I would go on it, so he knew. But um, yeah, it's it's fantastic that you guys have got a, you know, a, a competition in Christchurch. Do you travel to any other parts of the country to play games against any other clubs in other leagues? Um, so as a, we haven't had an NPC for a couple of years, national championship. We have in the past. Um, we'd have your likes of Auckland, Waikato, Wellington, Canterbury, and even Otago had a team for a while. Um, so to have five provinces represented was awesome. Um, normally it'd be over a weekend and you'd play shortened quarters um, and you'd play a round robin style. So you'd still play four games of footy um, over two days which would be a bit tough on the body, um, but you'd have a bit of fun. But um, yeah, as a club, we haven't really travelled. It's something that we probably could look into in the future, especially um, without the MPC and with Otago and things coming on board. Um, you know, They don't have enough to have a league because the population base isn't there. But to be able to get down and have a game against some of those boys, because for a while when we were short of numbers, those guys would travel four hours each way to come up and play a game of footy on a Saturday um, to play for us. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, it just shows how much footy's getting enjoyed played over there. 
yeah, guys are willing to travel four hours uh, each way, which is, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, hopefully you guys can get some more things going next year. I think, you know, with all the stuff that COVID has created, it's it's given people time to think of new ideas and stuff. So hopefully there's a, Absolutely. a bit of expansion can happen. Um, but, but also part of running a successful club is getting some sponsorships on board. And you mentioned uh, off air that you, you have a sponsor bar, but what sort of other sponsors have you got for the club and... So we've got two key sponsors with our club at the moment. So the first one's been with us for four years now, and that's Redwood Bar. So um, they sponsor us. It's where we hold all our after-match functions because uh, we don't have a club rooms. So we're able to go back there and use their facilities. And the other one is Signature Homes South here in Christchurch, who um, came on board this year. Um, with Without them, we wouldn't have a new kit and we wouldn't uh, be where we are. Um, which is awesome um, for the team there. So big thank you to both of those teams. And in New Zealand, we also have um, our charity system. So um, through funds, through the old pokey machines at the local pubs and things, you can apply for funding um, and it all goes back into the clubs. And we were lucky enough to have pub charities come on board to help us out um, towards the playing kit as well, which was awesome. Yeah, very nice. Um... So besides going to the, the Redwood after training and stuff, what other sort of social things do you guys do as a group? Um, for, it's actually pretty hard because we're, we're a very eclectic group. We start at the age of 16 with some of our players because we only have one grade. Um, so 16 right through to, you know, guys in their late 30s, early 40s that uh, still love to have a kick around. Um, so our main thing is we just have, we, we go to the Redwood and have fun. Um, we are looking to plan other things in the off season. It's just, it's pretty hard when, you know, guys have got rugby, guys have got cricket, um, all those sort of things, but we make it happen. We've definitely had more get togethers this year would probably be the best way to put it. Um, even if it's just a, one or two beers or, or a raspberry and Coke, if you're that way inclined, they are local. That sounds a bit like us. Collective group that ranging from 16 to 40 well, plus. What, and... what kill a 70 odd? <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, going to just going to the pub for a few beers sounds absolutely delicious right about yeah. now. After not being able to go to a pub for how long? Six months, four months? Yeah, it's probably going on six months yeah. But but even then yeah. at, the, at the moment it's like we should go to the pub. I'm like, I'm not going to the pub for a couple of beers. We have to be in and out within an hour and a half. If I'm going to the pub for a beer, <laughs> I'm in there for the long haul. I tell the wife I'm coming home early early morning. Um but do you guys, you know, do you guys head off on any end of footy season trips? Any end, end of season footy trips? Um, we have in the past. Uh, nothing, nothing recently. Um, as I say, the, the main focus for our club really has been what we can do on the field because we, we were struggling for a while um, to, you know, as I say, to field a team up until recent, until the last couple of years. So as, as now we've grown and we've actually brought on uh, one of our committee members as a social organiser, uh, we'll hopefully have more of these things happen. Um, with the footy season finishing in December this year, it'll probably be a um, pre-season trip next year if we organise something, someone would say, because it's just too close to Christmas. Yeah, that's... But I reckon um, oh, the next couple of years, you, you'll have plenty of Aussie teams coming over for footy trips and you might be able to just work in some friendly matches or something, get a whole team across for a friendly game. I reckon if Mate. we threw that to our boys, they'd all be up for it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our boys would be keen to play some footy at any time of the year. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
we're gonna we're gonna get you to throw some teammates under the bus in a minute, but we got <laughs> one uh one last question for you before we get you to throw those teammates under the bus. But if you could go back in time and attend any sporting event sporting event ever, what would it be? That, that's actually a hard one for me because there's um there's probably four or five that I'd, I'd really love, but um three of them being New Zealand's Rugby World Cup wins. Um, you know, they've, they're pretty amazing things to watch on TV. Would have loved to have been there. Um, but the big one for me uh, as, a, as a rugby league fan is um, the 2008 Rugby League World Cup final in Australia where we managed to pull off a victory that no one expected um, and to win the World Cup for the first time in rugby league was pretty big. Um, and the last one is last year's Masters, to be totally honest, as a massive golfer golf fan um seeing tiger win the masters in 2019 was uh pretty cool so being masters week this week it's um something that's in fresh in my mind yeah mate i i watched a shot today that was absolutely ridiculous um where he skimmed it across the water yeah. and bloody i pulled a shot off like that once by accident i almost <laughs> threw my club into the water before i realized it landed it skimmed across nicely and landed <laughs> on the green and i one putted into the hole i didn't quite get the hole in one but yeah, the club was almost in the lake. Yep, I can understand that. <laughs> uh, frustrating, eh? but speaking of rugby, and so you mentioned, you know, coming over as uh, the under twenty ones team and stuff, and um, we spoke to a few other teams that have played um, the international cup and stuff, and they've played against the likes of New Zealand and Papua New Guinea and things. And do you guys get to do a haka before uh, your, your big games for those types yeah. of representatives? Absolutely, there is a haka that's done. Um, yeah, Aaron, similar, very similar to what the All Blacks do with uh, a few little slight changes. Um, when I did it anyway, back in 2002, I think it was, um, it may have changed in recent years, but they definitely do it before every game. Yeah, nice, mate. There's, I've only just got into rugby this year, rugby league, and prior to that, the only reason I'd ever watched the rugby was to watch a good haka before I before an all blacks game so um it's probably did you do the haka when you represented new zealand rifty nah mate they, they didn't do it, they didn't do it for was, that's why you don't have your dual citizenship mate i was spewing <laughs> but i love a good haka it's, you can't beat it and the best is when they do it like like new zealand versus fiji and they both got their own versions of that you know the war dance thing i, I love that it gets me fired up i just want to run through brick walls um all right, but now it's time to throw some teammates under the bus. So what do you got first, that dog? All right, mate. So who at the Cougars would you say is the uh, class clown? Oh, jeez. Now, now you've got to make me think um, without throwing too many of the guys under the bus. But uh, class clown, I'm probably going to say, uh, you probably won't even watch this. So Brennan Clark, <laughs> um, been around the club for a while. So I'm always good for a joke and a bit of a muck around. and But does the job on the footy field as well. Yeah, lovely. You need a bloke like that, can have a good time, but also, you know, takes the game seriously enough on the ground that he can do well. How about the party yeah. animal? Uh, there's probably two um, that I can think of. Um, one would be Jacob Eady, because last time we won the premiership, I turned up late because we had the grand final on my wife's birthday. So I had to duck out for dinner. And um, when I rocked up, he was just sitting in the garden at the uh, after party. So... Yeah, and I thought he was gone, done and dusted. Um, I went inside, turned around, he was back at the beer pong table. So I don't know what happened in that two minutes, but um, yeah, and the other one would be our social uh, organiser, and that's uh, the Hoff. So 
definitely. Um, those two, the right man to have organising the social functions. Yeah, lovely. Oh, when, we when just, he's, okay. we just got a we just got a good nickname there. So let's I, let's get on to it. <laughs> the Hoff. Before I go, before I go that rifty, who the first person he said, who did that remind you of? Asleep in the bush, out the front, and back at the beer pong table. Oh. Who comes to mind straight away? Jorge. Yep. <laughs> so I make sure on the same page. But the Hoff, that's the great nickname. Who has the best nickname at the club or the best story behind a nickname? Oh, there's, there's a few. Um, I've been given a couple of shockers in my time. Um, but the Hoff is uh, just obviously off the last name, Hasselhoff. Um, so that's where his name comes from. Um, yeah, we got Monster because he's an absolute machine on the field. Um, yeah, hard like you know, I, I got given white trash because I went and played a season for the Blues the year we um, the year we weren't in the competition because I wanted to keep playing footy. And uh, when I came back, our then club vice president sent an email from uh, Europe when he wasn't going to be at a game and just told the boys that you know I know how to beat them because I obviously got the vaccine when I came back. Um, so and the name stuck as we changed to trash. Just you know, to be a bit more PC, um, and it's still around now when the old boys turn up. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, who's the bloke that takes a game far too serious? Uh, I'll probably get in trouble for this one, but I'm going to say uh, Jinxie, um, Adam Clark um, would be one. Myself as well. I'm known to uh, take it far too seriously, and uh, probably uh, Matt Matt Cooley, our coach. Um, it's quite interesting. Every, every every Saturday, just about, we get a, a text afterwards. And boys, I took it a bit too seriously on Saturday, and uh, yeah, we go from there. Yeah, nice. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a, an episode without a coach getting thrown under the bus for taking it too serious. Um, it, it's awesome that we actually just have a full time coach instead of one of the boys running a training session. So that, that's probably you know. So we will give Matt uh, props for that one. Yeah, no, that's that's it. A, a coach can be excused for taking it a bit too serious, but. All right, who's who's the bloke you wouldn't want to share a room with on one of the footy trips away? Jeez, it's um, I'm gonna I'm, I wouldn't say there'd be just one person, but any of these young boys these days, um, they've just got no limits when they're on the booze compared to uh, when I was a bit younger. I think that's just probably the best way to put it without throwing anyone under the bus too hard. <laughs> yeah, be, no, be diplomatic as club president, you know, got to keep everyone happy. Yeah, that is. I'm sure there's plenty like that at our club as well that uh. <laughs> Yep, don't. Luckily, we've got a an aging list, so most of our guys sort of know their limits. <laughs> most of them know when to head uh, off to bed. Uh, geez, that's a big call, mate. That's but a big call. <laughs> they they may walk sideways getting there, but when you say head to... off to bed, do you mean like just slide down to the corner of the room and have a snooze? Well. If that's where it's comfortable, Okay, that's, I guess. that's yeah. fair enough then, yeah. yeah. I'll <laughs> give you that one. <laughs> oh, mate, uh, thanks, Ease, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate starting to learn about uh, footy over in New Zealand. Um, we might, we're going to have to try and get all the rest of the clubs on and, and get around the whole league. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed our first trip over to New Zealand. Oh, it's been great to uh, just be able to chat about the club. I haven't been there for so long. It's... um. Always nice to get a bit of awareness out there about the game here in New Zealand as well. Yeah, well, that's it. Like I said, mate, most of us think New Zealand, rugby, cricket, that's all you just play. So um, <laughs> it's good that the Aussie games made its way over there. And uh, we wish you all the best for another good 20 years with the Cougars. But um, where can everyone go on social media to follow along with the Cougars journey? 
So we've got our Facebook page. Just search University Cougars Australian Football Club. Um, we'll pop up there. And we will hopefully have our Instagram page up and running properly in the uh, near future. Um, we just had a couple of hiccups. Someone forgot the password, basically. And, uh, you know, we've got to work all that out when uh, the committee changes. Yeah, no, that's right. We have the same problem with Twitter. All good. We understand. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still won't take the other page down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, awesome. we're, we're currently running off two pages because the first page that was created uh, eight years ago, seven years ago, no one knows who the hell started it, who's at the password. I think the last post is from 2014. So when we started again last year, got contact Twitter to be like, hey, can we delete this page? And they're like, prove that you're from the club. So I didn't have it back from them. So, so yeah, I'm hoping people aren't going to like that page. Yeah, I suppose the other one for us is um, jumping on the Canterbury Australia Football League page because um, without them, we wouldn't have a game. Um, so jump on there, give them a follow. They update regularly. And there's also a link to um, one of the local live scoring um, apps that they use here in New Zealand. So people can actually follow the games when they're out and about if they want to as well. Yeah, very nice. And I know the blokes that run the World Footy Group have been doing a great job in sharing all the footy action that's been getting played over in um, New Zealand. So I don't know if awesome. Can- um, Canterbury League's been shared. but No, they have, mate. They definitely yeah. have. Yep, beautiful. All right, mate, thanks again for your time. We'll let you go because uh, State of Origin's not far off getting started. So we'll let you get comfy for that and get a, get a couple of beers ready. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. And again, thanks for having us. Now, awesome, mate. Take care. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.